Welcome to the Lesbian Review Podcast. I'm Sheena and I'm joined by the fabulous, fantastic and wonderful Tara today. Hello. Tara, hailing all the way from the very icy Canadian country, <laughs> is here to, to talk about something to warm her heart. And that is the 10 best audiobooks of 2017. Because we love audiobooks so very much, we decided we needed its very own top 10 list, and so we made one. And that's what we're talking about today. Tara, let's talk a little bit about audiobooks. What do you think is happening in the sector in terms of audiobooks? It's exploding. I think 2017 really feels like a tipping point. We knew that there was just a dearth of good lesbian audiobooks, and it was just sort of a banner year where a lot of the companies picked it up bold strokes went gangbusters on their audiobooks which is amazing bella has been doing more and ilva started putting them out as well some indies are putting them out and what would be even better is if audible would start tagging them as lesbian and not lumping them in with all the boy books but if that's my only complaint <laughs> it's not so bad because it's really great to be able to finally, I mean, I know you don't like to listen to books that you've already read, but for me, I find it's a really wonderful way to re-experience a book that I truly love. So I'm quite excited that I can listen to so many of my favorites, experience them again, and just fall in love with them all over again. Yes, I agree with you on like most of those points. <laughs> I disagree with the, the listening to a book I've already read. <laughs> <laughs> You know what it is, though, is we all experience sensory, especially auditory senses, a little bit differently. I believe that there are people who can hear color. So they talk about the mm -hmm. ability to hear color, for example. So I and I, I know that there are certain narrators, for example, that I adore and other people just can't stand them. Yes. And vice versa. Yeah, Ex exactly. So auditory experiences for whatever reason is a very individual thing mm -hmm. so it makes audiobooks a little tough for people like like bold strokes who are bringing out like four or five audiobooks every single month now now i agree with you in terms of audible tagging it as lgbt and not just lesbian which is is an amazon legacy which i find very frustrating because audible is owned by amazon mm-hmm so so a lot of their systems are, are sort of duplicated across the two sites. But I have a solution to that. And the solution is to come and look at what we've reviewed. Because we do, we have so many great audiobooks reviewed now that you won't go away from the site without finding one that you love. True. Absolutely true. And we're doing more and more of them all the time. All right. So let's talk a little bit about our selection process. What were you looking for? Because we had to do a one and a half top 10 list each, basically. Well, you did a top 15. But yeah, I did. So we did our, our, our best. <laughs> so we did our best books for the year, mm -hmm. which is, is just the books that stood out as like amazing books for the year. Yeah. But then we also did the audiobook list. My top 10 list contained a couple of audiobooks, which I was just like, these audiobooks blew me away because they were just such great stories. They were just so fantastic as books, never mind anything else. Mm -hmm. But audiobooks was a little bit more complicated because now I had to think about them as, as audio, you know? So what were you looking for in this list versus your other list? So I think I only had two audiobooks on my 
I say as I'm actually scrolling through <laughs> to, to check. Yeah, okay, that's correct. So I only had two on my top 15 list for the year. And I don't even have to know that one of them was an Anne McMahon, right? Yeah, yeah. So that that book actually made it on both lists because <laughs> <laughs> Well, so so the way I chose the audiobooks were what were the books that truly moved me? And mm. did the audio experience actually enhance the experience of the book? Because I think the reason why there were so few audiobooks on my top 15 list are just that simply I mostly read on Kindle. I'm reading one to two books a week on my Kindle, and then it's one book every week or two or three or four, depending on how long the book is and what's going on in life, to listen to an audiobook. When I was choosing for the best books of 2017, it was really just what were those very best books that I experienced, no and they had to come out in 2017 for me. For the audiobooks, it was what were the audiobooks that came out in 2017? Didn't matter when they came out. So it really, taking the publishing year off of, off of it as a parameter really opened it up. And as luck would have it, some of my favorite books got audio versions in 2017 and not only that they got amazing audio versions we were just i was blessed with some incredible readers this year so they were books that i love books that move me books that stuck with me and that if i were to experience the book again in the future i would always choose the audio over my kindle what about you? How did you choose yours? It was a similar process. For me, my top 10 books were exactly that. I looked at the books and I went, what are the best stories I've experienced this year? It doesn't matter if it's audio or or read. It's just the best stories. I'm looking for those, those stories that really move me. And then when it came to audio, that's exactly it. I wanted the audio to enhance the story. I wanted the audio to do something to the book to give it that extra something that the text alone would not have done so it's i mean it's it's very similar criteria okay so with that i'm gonna let you start with your very first selection all right so at the very top of my list was in the distance there is light by harper bliss which was oh my god so good it was incredible what it's about is Sophie's life is turned upside down when her partner Ian dies in a tragic accident. The only one who can understand her devastation is Ian's stepmother Dolores. Together they try to make sense of their loss and rebuild their shattered lives. While their shared grief brings them closer, it also takes their relationship in an unexpected direction. Where does sorrow end and romance begin, or has Ian's death blurred the lines too much? So this book is either very much for you, or it's very much not for you. Because you can either stomach the falling for your mother-in-law premise or not. I think the reason that I love it is because it's just such an exquisitely written study of grief. And what can grow out of that when you're rebuilding your life. It's all in the first person from Sophie's perspective. And the narrator they chose for this was so perfect. So that from the first second, she was Sophie. And I was with Sophie from the beginning to the end in her, 
you know, her difficult moments when she couldn't get out of bed to her guilty moments when she was starting to experience joy again to that happy ending that was so appropriate for them but isn't what a lot of happy endings look like in romance and if you haven't picked it up I mean it doesn't matter what format you pick it up in but I do very very highly recommend the audio for this because it's just so excellent and it was definitely the best audiobook I listened to last year you read this one didn't you and raved about it when you read the kindle version it was at the top of my top 10 list for 2016 actually I did rave about it. So actually, I was a little nervous going into this one because I loved it so much. I was afraid, what if it didn't hold up to all the love and complicated feelings that I had had for it the first time around? And it just blew me away. I found myself sneaking excuses to listen to it, even when I didn't really have time to listen to it because it was just so good. I love that. I love when when something grabs you like that. Absolutely. So what about you? What was your what was your book? Okay, so I was a little late to the game on this one. My first pick was Timeless by Rachel Spangler. Now you discovered it and everybody Mm -hmm. else in the whole world discovered it way before I did. I discovered it when it came out on audiobook. And oh my gosh, am I a happy camper that I discovered this book. And this audiobook is just phenomenal. So it's an across time romance which Which i hear you're a fan of i am a big fan of those and so here's the synopsis what would you change about your past if you had the chance what if you didn't have a choice stevie geller doesn't do conflict she likes her job as a successful novelist and playwright because it allows her to peacefully ensconce herself in her new york city loft avoid human interactions and leave personal drama for the page and stage When her agent asks her to return to her hometown of Darlington, Illinois, to accept an award, she agrees only because he promises the process will be quick and easy. One panic attack and concussion later, Stevie is forced to confront her past in ways that seem to defy reality. As if befriending a social outcast and confronting high school bullies weren't enough, she also finds herself falling for a closeted teacher. Along the way, Stevie must decide if some things are worth fighting for. In her rush to escape the past, will she leave behind a better future? Or are some conflicts really timeless? What they don't talk about, because they talk very briefly about, you know, she has to confront her past and stuff. She actually goes back in time to when she's a teenager. And now, what I loved about this book was how it handled that. The the teacher, student, 16-year-old, grown-up sort of romance that was developing between the two. And how... The story concluded from that. thought it was fantastic. Great narration, excellent audiobook, gorgeous romance, and across time. What, what more could a girl want? I don't know. I actually only just read that book last year. It was on my radar for a really long time, but I was holding out because it was the only book of Rachel Spangler's that I hadn't read yet. And I didn't like the idea of having no more Rachel Spangler books left to experience for the first time. <laughs> And then I loved it. It ended up being one of my favorites of hers. So now I need to listen to the audio version. Absolutely. It's so worth it. All right. So what's your next one? So my next book is And Playing the Role of Herself by K.E. Lane, which most of you should probably know 
what it is because everybody I think knows about this book but for the three people who don't the synopsis is <laughs> actress Cadence Harris is living her dreams after landing a lead role among the star-studded veteran cast of Ninth Precinct a hot new police drama shot on location in Glissie LA her sometimes co-star Robin Ward is magnetic glamorous and devastatingly beautiful the quintessential A-list celebrity on the fast track to superstardom when the two meet on the set of Ninth Precinct, Kate is instantly infatuated but settles for friendship, positive that Robin is both unavailable and uninterested. Soon, Kate sees that all is not as it appears, but can she take a chance and risk her heart when the outcome is so uncertain? So, you've probably heard me say this, if you listen to my podcast or Sheena's podcast like a billion times, that this is the first lesbian book that I ever read. So it holds a super special place in my heart. So again, this is a great example of a book that I was very nervous <laughs> about checking out the audiobook because it is that, you know, it's, it's the first one and you want it to be good. And it's like, you know, you just really, anyway. So luckily it is good. Lisa Cordelione is the narrator for it, who also narrated The Wonderful Just Jory and The Fall by Robin, Robin Alexander. Alexander. I know because you see my brain was like (laughs) (laughs) and she is a great choice to do the voice of Cade she does a great job with the other characters as well um, differentiates them really well she's just really talented as a narrator and really pleasant to listen to and as much as I enjoyed reading it on my Kindle the many times that I've read it I actually think in the future I'm just going to listen to the audio version because it's so good it's so much better it's fun to listen to it's I can't remember how many hours it is but it's actually a little longer than most of the audiobooks on my kindle on my kindle on my whatever it's a little longer than most of the audiobooks that I have which also makes it a really great like dollar for enjoyment ratio so Produced by Dog Ear Audio, as are both The Fall and um, Just Jory. And I was actually just talking to Karen Wolf this weekend, and she says it's so important for her that she gets really quality audiobooks out there because she just wants to make sure that the listening experience is wonderful. And I can't tell you, that's just, isn't that an amazing thing, just to have that kind of that very specific dedication just because you know this product is going to be experienced by others. And Dog Ear is putting out some really excellent quality audiobooks too. They've been putting out some really great books for the last few years. Absolutely. And and she's got another two in the pipeline, which I'm excited about. But no spoilers. <laughs> but I want to know. <laughs> All right. So my very next choice. So we went from... Uh, What's an interesting thing about your first two books is they're both first person. Oh, yeah, they are. Mm. Well, that trend does not continue. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just so interesting because I think first person narration on audiobooks is actually more difficult because you have to get the whole personality in there. It's not just Mm -hmm. like, you know, this person says this, this person says this, and I'm not telling you a story. It's like I'm telling you my story. Yes. And actually, I do have one more of those on my list. We will get to it. What's mm-hmm. your next book? So so three out of out of five. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So my very next book is Devil's Rock by Jerry Hill, which 
Oh man, it's a it's a Jerry Hill police romance, and I just I love Jerry Hill. Okay, so this one is about some cops, more or less. Two women vow to bring a killer to justice. Deputy Andrea Sullivan has hoped to leave the horrors of Los Angeles behind her, but the serial murders of college students in peaceful picturesque Sedona are her nightmare case to solve. Complexity stretch local resources to the limit, and the FBI joins the case with Agent Cameron Ross in the lead. Well, that's not entirely true, actually. The crime scenes are covered with the trademark signs of the fiendish Patrick Doe, whose handiwork has been investigated by Dallas detective Tori Hunter and others. But where Hunter failed, Cameron intends to win. She will break the case, find justice and go home. No distractions. Unfortunately, Deputy Sullivan is very distracting. And Patrick Doe has other plans. Okay, so what they make this sound like is that these are the two main cops. They're actually not the main cops. <laughs> they're kind of... Huh. Yeah, they're kind of support cops. So what the FBI agent Cameron Ross does is she works this like super amazing computer that can predict more or less where bodies are going to be dumped based on where bodies were dumped previously. Right? So she scooches uh-huh. off to, to the desert because the they reckon that more bodies are going to be dumped in the area. So she can pretty much locate almost to an exact GPS location where the, the most likely body dump sites are going to be in the area. So it's super cool. And then the deputy, Andrea Sullivan, is a local cop who's kind of helping out with this. But there are other FBI agents, we just don't see a lot of them in the story, who are actually chasing down the traditional leads. So it's even cooler, because it's like this really awesome angle that you don't see in lesfic mm-hmm. or in any kind of like cop type stories so it was awesome plus there's this really cute cat there are not enough cute cats in lesfic there's a ton of cute dogs but not cats see totally it sounds like this is a pretty great example of why we write our own synopses for all of our reviews on the lesbian review <laughs> It is. It is. And and my next one is also an example of why we do this. <laughs> because I don't know, like, I think authors sometimes write it, but I think they write it before they finish the book necessarily. So it's like, here's what the book is going to be about, but then the book sort of evolves. Yeah. Also, you know, something like that. But or Or some marketing person decided that this will sell the story better or something. I don't know. But I like the fact that it wasn't the main cops. I really liked that because it was such a cool mm-hmm. angle. And how was the narration on this one? Oh, fantastic. All of mine, great narrators. Very excited about them. This was Abby Craden. So... Who I love. I love her. Somebody told me recently... I'm sorry, this is a little um, diversion, but I think you might find it interesting. Somebody told me recently that Abby Craden is also Alexandria Wilde. No. Yeah. Is, I'm not... this con- is this confirmed though? Because it doesn't well, sound the same. I tried to I tried to find it out and figure it out. Well, I mean, it sounds like Abby Creighton after she's had like five whiskeys and a gargled a little bit of glass, <laughs> but <laughs> I can't find I I found Abby Creighton's website and I was able to find stuff about her, but I couldn't find anything on Alexandria Wilde, so I don't know. Dude, I, I don't, don't know. Because sure, but... they just sound too different. 
Maybe she know. does an effect on her voice or something. But I don't know. Well, that's why, like, is but, that her erotic romance name? But then she did French Kissing by Harper Bliss as well. And those books are wicked erotic. And she did the Mez Abbey Creighton. Well, that's the thing. She does like sex scenes without batting an eye. I mean, and he, like very graphic sex scenes. I mean, she's quite like yes. into, I mean, the, the lesbian fiction audiobook section. If you haven't heard Abbey Creighton, I don't know what you've been listening to because I think she's done like 80% of the books. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's a Radcliffe book out there, it's an Abbey Creighton narration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, 90% mm-hmm. of the time. So, I mean, maybe. But she does other books, too. I don't think she just does lesbic. No. No, she doesn't. She's pretty prolific. And she acts. Yeah, a lot of a lot of narrators are actors. And you can kind of understand why. I mean, you got a voice act. Mm-hmm. That's true. Now, Abby Creighton, I actually listened to her initially when I first started listening to audiobooks. And I found her to be a little bit over the top. So it took me a little while mm-hmm. to kind of settle into that kind of style of narration because it's very acting. It's very like dramatic and radio drama and not just, you know, somebody telling me the story, if you like. But now I just love her. I think she's fab. Oh, and what, what a voice. Mm -hmm. She can just read to me all day. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what's your third book? Oh, speaking of people who can read to me all day. My third book is Unexpected by Jenny Frame which is just a wonderful butch femme romance. And what it's about is self-made business owner Dale McGuire has always enjoyed two things in life, women and fast cars. Now in her mid-30s, she's restless and can't work out why. Then one day, a 10-year-old boy turns up claiming to be her son, and her simple ordered world turns upside down. Rebecca Harper bears the emotional scars of her father's crimes, and now she has two rules. Never let anyone get too close and never admit weakness. Thanks to no... Thanks to an anonymous egg donor, infertility didn't stop her from having her son, Jake. Now pregnant for a second time, she's horrified when Jake brings home the woman he believes is his other mother. When distrust turns to understanding and passion, can Dale and Rebecca, two women bound by fate, make a family neither expected? I just adored everything about this. I loved Dale, who's this, like, hunky, wonderful butch. I loved Rebecca who's kind of this ice queen that we get to watch thaw Jenny Frame is doing the best butch femme romances she's just doing some of the best contemporary romances too though let's be honest and oh my god her words with Nicola Victoria Vincent's voice is just magic every single time and every time one of them hits my phone on my Audible app, I just want to, like, immediately gobble it up and, you know, pack my kids away for the day and take the day off work or something because it's just so wonderful. This book was no exception. It's just, oh, my God. It's so good. And Dale is Scottish and has a pretty good – she did a pretty good Scottish accent. It's not perfect, but it's pretty, it's pretty close. So I love this one. I think you love this one too. I did. And if you hadn't put it on your list, it would be on my list. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh no, it's, it's gorgeous. So I'm going to get a t-shirt saying, I got Jenny frame. Cause mm-hmm. like I totes do. Jenny is like, I mean, you're right. She's bringing out these amazing novels. These just like, she's like a, just carving this little niche all by herself. 
for these butch mm-hmm. femme romances that just have all little lesbian hearts a flutter, and I suppose little um, bisexual hearts too. Yeah, not. but this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think one of the things that I absolutely love that she's doing is creating her own sensibility. Mm. I'm not even sure if that's quite the right way to put it, but there there is a sort of sensibility about her books, and I can only speak to her contemporary romances because I have not read the paranormal one. But for, like, the Royals books and Courting the Countess, and I'm hoping Charming the Vicar, I'm betting, actually, not even hoping, I'm betting it's going to be like that as well. And even this one to a certain extent, they have the feel of some of the romances that I read growing up. It almost pulls in the feel of Regency romances, even though they're set now or even slightly in the future, because her Royals books are all set slightly in the future. And I absolutely love that she does that because it just gives me the same feeling that I had when I was like 12 and stealing my mom's books. (laughs) But I get to read them where it's delicious butch femme couples and it's not like some strapping dude with rippling biceps that I don't give a shit about. Like it's just so much better and more satisfying. And each one is as good or better than the last so yeah i suspect jenny frame is is fast becoming another melissa braden uh george beers uh radcliffe karen cormaker another household name if you like in the lesbian fiction sector her and her paranormals are actually quite close in feel with the butch femmes vibe but it does have a real nice paranormal edge to it which i liked oh cool Mm. and she she manages to create these entire little worlds which i just adore without all the lumpy world building you know yes i i think oh god we're getting dangerously close into turning this into a jenny frame podcast But I think I love that even if you look at her royal books, which are set a little bit into the future, it doesn't have that like weird sci-fi feel and it doesn't feel forced. It naturally feels like, yes, that is kind of the next step of where we are going as a society. Mm. Of course, she wrote those before we had the Cheeto problem in the world. So who knows if that... (laughs) is still the natural next step but it is how they felt when they came out i think the cheeto problem is a temporary one i think we'll get back on track i think we just need to to take a breath as as people and just you know forge ahead Mm -hmm. but just last thing on, on jenny frame what i also love about her just quickly is that she isn't afraid to do things that will shock readers in into kind of like because she 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 makes butch woman very butch not just yes. like the pretend butch right mm-hmm. and i love that i love that so much the butch rep is fantastic go jenny yes. frame and actually in this case it was really interesting what she did with that having the I, and i don't think this is a spoiler because it was right there in the synopsis but like having the butch woman be the egg donor to these kids yes like how cool was that so and cool. it was one of those when i saw the synopsis 
come out like even before the book was out I was like what is this premise what is this gonna be and it turns out this premise is a lot of fun and really like it's a really interesting and fun what if thought exercise even mm. and just works beautifully as a romance absolutely now frames a master and I look forward to many many happy years of listening to her audiobooks <laughs> yes so what's your next one? All right. So my third pick is Force of Nature by Kim Baldwin. So this came out last year as a audiobook for the first time. I think it's a slightly older book. It is. Yeah. But it's so cute. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's almost as cute as you saying. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good thing. This is not video. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so disaster brought them together and despite desire may ultimately keep them apart well that's not entirely true okay wind fire ice love um that's not entirely true either okay. <laughs> nothing <laughs> nothing for volunteer firefighters gable mccoy which just by the way i love the name gable and erin richards seems to go smoothly from the tornado that nearly claims their lives to the raging forest fire that threatens to consume them, the forces of nature conspire against them. Even as they struggle with personal uncertainties along with their growing attraction, a deadly challenge awaits that might be the final foe. Okay, I don't know who wrote this, but I don't think they actually read the book. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or if Baldwin wrote this, she wrote it before she wrote the book. Because I think this is what she may be intended to write but this is not what she actually wrote okay uh -uh. no it's not <laughs> so i'm just gonna give you a quick rundown basically what happens is there's a tornado and gable mccoy is a relief firefighter who comes to the rescue of erin richards whose house has been blown to smithereens now erin is trapped in a bathroom and they can't move the rubble or anything without stuff collapsing so gable sits with her for the whole night because the tornado has destroyed a whole lot of stuff so they can't come and, and rescue her, uh, you know, she's not an emergency. So they, they spend the whole night talking and they really bond, And but Gable has to go just before the, they come to rescue Erin. So she never gets to see Erin. So there's mm -hmm. they build this incredible attraction. They realize how much they have in common. They just, like, there's this spark between them, okay? But they don't get to see one another. Then there's this gorgeous, like, to and froing where, you know, the one tries to find the other one, but she doesn't know how, and then... This one's not there. And, and so, like, there's this gorgeous kind of anticipation. And then when they finally meet, then there's problems because Erin, like, has all this baggage and she can't sort of commit to this relationship. And so she has to kind of deal with that. And it's just this angsty, gorgeous, sexy romance that I was just like, oh, what's next? What's next? I have to listen to it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's what uh -huh. it's about. So it's really not, I mean, yeah, there is a fire and there's a tornado. I don't know what ice is, though. Like, honestly, I don't even remember that. But, um, so this synopsis is, is terrible. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> but the book is great, so you should go listen to it. <laughs> and I mean, come on. Come on. As much as I joke about, like, cops and docs being lesbian catnip, so are firefighters. So are firefighters. Totally. Come on. Uh, absolutely especially butch firefighters like oh. um 
Gable because at one point she literally is hiding in a pipe while a tornado is like blowing just outside the pipe thing and I was like oh my god you butch you go girl (laughs) 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 all right uh I can't help but notice I'm looking at the list as we're recording this and it just has one of those classic bold strokes covers please give this book a new cover oh the force of nature yeah Mm -hmm. that's why i say i think it's an older book because it looks um like an older book it is i think it's at least 10 years old oh well it's held up nicely in terms of storytelling and stuff for a book that's that Mm -hmm. old yeah yeah it holds up really really well well i i think all uh i haven't read all of kim baldwin's books but in my experience, her older books that I have read all hold up really, really well. But she's just a master storyteller. She's she so really good. Is. And she also has got a very own unique niche kind of way of, of storytelling and stuff. And I just, like, the more I hear her audiobooks, the more I, I also I heart Kim Baldwin. I'm going to get a t-shirt for that one, too. My t-shirt oh my collection God. is going to grow quite fast if I keep getting, you know, I know. t-shirts. <laughs> I know. I love her Alaska books. I love her Alaska books. Those are just such wonderful romances. But I also love the Elite Operatives series. And somebody needs to turn that into a TV series for me, please and thank you. Oh, dude, right? Right? But, right? but, seven- but I want them I want them to set it I want I want the main setting to be the school. Well yeah, I mean that's kind of the through line, but I actually think you could take each book and make it one season of the show. Dude. That's right? such a cool idea. I know. It's the best idea I've had all week. You're welcome, universe. Do something with it. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the best idea you've ever had in your life, Tara. It's a great idea. (laughs) I don't know, man. Was it as good as my idea to tweet at you to review a book? Uh, You bring up a valid point. (laughs) It's my second second best idea in the whole of my life. (laughs) Okay. So what's your next one? My next book... Goldenrod by Anne McMahon. I know, I know. Of course I put an Anne McMahon book on this list. So this is the one book, Goldenrod by Anne McMahon is the one book that crosses over with my top tiff. What would be great is if I could say words top properly, tiff-teen. out loud, with my mouth. Tiffteen. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should start a new trend. It's our tiffteen oh books. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, so... Goldenrod by Anne McMahon was the one book that crosses over between my choices for the best audiobooks of 2017, but also my top 15 list of just the best books outright. What it's about. So I actually am going to read my synopsis from my review because the synopsis for the official synopsis for the book tells you literally nothing. And no. So this is what I wrote in my review. Everyone in Jericho seems to be seeking equilibrium these days. Maddie and Sid are still together, trying to figure out what their home is now that their foster son Henry is living with his father again. James and Henry are establishing their own life in Jericho, and while Henry is making friends with Dorothy and Buddy, James is feeling unsettled now that he's out of the military. Maddie's mother Celine is living full-time in Jericho too, remodeling an old house and denying that her life is undergoing a little remodeling of its own thanks to her relationship with a younger man. Romagene Fremantle is over her attraction to Maddie and is experiencing the exciting rush of attraction with another woman, who happens to find her clumsiness adorable. Everything would be great if it weren't for the bigoted mayor who starts ramming through a bunch of ordinances clearly aimed at one thing, hurting immigrants and gay and lesbian business owners in Jericho. 
So, I mean, it's not surprising that I love this book because Anne McMahon wrote it. Like, that's just, that is just how that woman has not put a restraining order on me for (laughs) for the love, the very vocal public love that I have for her books. I think I mentioned her on almost every single podcast of mine last year. It was embarrassing. She's very gracious. (laughs) But she wrote a wonderful book. And even better, she brought or Bywater brought Christine Williams back to narrate it. Now, Christine Williams has narrated the other Jericho books as well, and also Backcast. I think those are the only ones of hers that are available in audio. And Christine Williams is a perfect, perfect choice for these books because she can do the warmth and the humor, but also the very serious book. The Jericho series is an interesting one because the first book, Jericho, is a romance, just flat out. It's Anne McMahon's first book. It's a contemporary romance. The second book is following the same characters. It's in the same setting. Everything is the same, except it is not a romance. And I thought that was an interesting kind of bold choice to make because you don't usually genre skip within the same series. But it was the right thing to do for this. And Goldenrod is interesting because it is not a romance, But there are a couple of kind of romance side stories happening. It has all the same humor that you'd find in the other two books. But it's also a very serious book in a lot of ways because it deals with... There's... um, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. it. It deals with a lot of really serious issues. So there is the mayor who is a gigantic bigot in a bunch of ways who is a pretty good embodiment of all the things that are going wrong right now in politics with wanting to go after queer people and immigrants and the like. But there's also a pretty serious substory with one of the characters that has to do with family violence. And how a book that deals with these themes also manages to be so funny that I was laughing until I was almost crying at parts I don't know, but Anne McMahon managed to do it. And Christine Williams just, her voice is gorgeous. Like, speaking of people who can just read to me all day long, she's so wonderful. Oh, I was wrong. She also did Who's Your Daddy? And I just kind of now want to start at the beginning of the series again and listen all the way through. So this is quite an ensemble cost from what it sounds like. Yes. And you could... You could read it as a standalone. It is definitely possible. So if you don't have the time, inclination, or money to check out the other first two books before this one, you could absolutely do it. I just think the characters are all so wonderful. Like some of them are are quite hilarious. Some of them are really, really sweet. Some of them, like for the most part, they're wonderful with the exception of a couple of them who are obviously not supposed to be wonderful. And a lot of them you meet in the first two books. So it's kind of fun to see that they, they continue to have hijinks and shenanigans. <laughs> um, but like I said, you don't, you don't have to. I just think you should. But I think everybody should read all of Anne McMahon's books. That's just, you know, the way I am. <laughs> it's required reading in Tara's world. <sighs> it is. And for people who are concerned when you read or listen to this book that this is where it ends, it's not. There's going to be one more book. Because I know that I got to the end of the book and I immediately messaged Anne McMahon to say, 
there's another book, right? Like, we can't just end it here like this, right? Like, I need to know that these characters are taken care of, right? <laughs> and she said, yes, of course, there's going to be another book. Stop worrying about it. Did she actually tell you to stop worrying about it? Mm, I think that was more subtext than text. <laughs> Found it funny that I was panicking for these characters who are not actually real people and what was going to happen with them. Of course they're real people. They're real people in our hearts. It's definitely in my heart. Also, fun fact about Christine Williams is that I am so used to listening to her read Anne McMahon's stuff that I actually cannot listen to her read anyone else's books i tried to listen to another book that she narrated by someone else and i kept getting confused because all i could think was well they wouldn't do that and it's like well no if ann mcmahon wrote them they wouldn't do that but ann mcmahon didn't write this book <laughs> oops okay so my fourth choice is eyes like those by melissa Braden. So once again, I've I've relatively recently discovered Melissa Braden mainly because of your fangirling of Melissa Braden. So I'm very I'm very good at that. <laughs> you are. <laughs> this audiobook is a Melissa Melissa special because it's narrated by Melissa Sternenberg and written by Melissa Braden. And so that tickles me. It's one of these funny mm-hmm. little quirky things that tickles me. <laughs> okay. Melissa Squared! Ah! I love that! Okay, what it's about. This is the first book also in a series of The Seven Shores Romance. And I'm not sure how many books will be in the series ultimately, but I think she's released her second one now. The second one has just come out. I don't know when this podcast episode will be out, but it just released on the Bullstrokes website at the beginning of February. It should be everywhere by mid-February. There's going to be four books in total. I don't know how many are coming out, if all the rest are coming out this year or not. I think the last one might be next year. I know too much. (laughs) Stoker alert, stoker alert. Okay, so (laughs) I think that's why we get on so well. Okay, Because you've got your little I heart Melissa t-shirts and I've got, you know, Mm -hmm. so, okay. I do. So what it's about. When it comes to love, no one is in charge. Oh, okay. Well, that's a sweet little opening line for the, the synopsis. Isabel Chase is reeling. She's just been offered her dream job as staff writer on one of the hottest shows of of television and quickly trades in the comforts of New England for sun, sand and everything Hollywood. While stoked for what could be her big break, I love that she used the word stoked, just by the way. (laughs) The show's stunning executive producer has her head spinning and her feelings swirling. Taylor Andrews is at the top of her career. Everything she touches turns to gold and the studios know it. Just when she's on track for total television domination, Isabel Chase arrives in her office and slowly turns her world upside down. So dramatic. Isabel is intelligent, sarcastic, and damn it, downright beautiful. Unfortunately, she's the one person that can take away all Taylor has worked for. Why is that? Okay. Well, that's the question, isn't it? Will Isabel's success... (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Will Isabel's success lead to Taylor's downfall, or perhaps Isabel is all she needs? A Seven Shores romance. So, okay, what I love about this blurb is that it's written very much like Braden has written the book. Mm-hmm. It's quirky. It's fun. It's kind of very uh, uh, contemporary and young feeling and, and vibrant and sexy. It sort of reminds me of, like, hip soap operas from, you know, when, when you're young and, and, and kind of like... 
like Melrose Place? Yes, exactly. Like Melrose Place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that, that's kind yeah. of what it reminds me of. But like in Lesbian, I'm like, oh, what's better than that? Actually, it is kind of like Melrose Place, though, isn't it? Because they all live in that complex and they're all getting their own. Oh, uh-huh. Exactly. Okay. But it's better because it's lesbian. Oh, right? totally. Yeah. You know, okay. Melrose Place would have been better if. Right. But everything is better if. Anyway. So that's what I love about this book. And, and Sternenberg, who narrates it, just does the like this young, vibrant, hip kind of vibe in all the characters. And I just really thought it was a sexy listen, you know, like a fun listen, like a real nice beach listen, if that makes sense. Mm, I'm going to have to listen to it because I really liked her narrating Fiona Riley's books, mm. which also have that kind of like young, hip, sexy vibe to them. And I also just, I just loved this book. Although... What's funny is that when I was asking Melissa Braden for it so I could review it because I'm a fangirl who cannot wait (laughs) as these books come out. She was like, this is my attempt at a beach read. And then I read it and I was like, what do you mean a beach read? (laughs) Because I felt like it was so much angstier than I would expect out of a beach read. Because it is like sexy and flirty and fun. But the angst is so, I don't think it's over the top. I actually think it's exactly right. I love how angsty it gets. And I also really, really, really loved what she did with Isabel having anxiety because I am a person like I also have anxiety and am pretty functional and am occasionally slightly less functional. And I think getting to see that depiction and it just felt so real, so maybe I am not able to objectively say, yeah, this is totally a beach read because I was like, you put me, you put me on a page. You put part of me Mm. in a book. So, but it's just so well done and in a way that doesn't tip into stereotypes or Mm. stigma, which is really nice because so often we'll see well-meaning authors, oh, sometimes not well-meaning, will put mental illness into a book and it's just a totally stigmatizing portrayal. And this is not the case in this book. And it's not, I mean, yeah, she has got anxiety, but like, it's something to overcome. It's not, it's not something that's like. It's not a flaw. No. It's not that she's met. It's not that she's broken. Yes, exactly. It's just, it's just something part of her, you know? And, and, and big props because there's this awesome coffee shop in this book. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, mm-hmm. I need to go visit this coffee shop, right? <laughs> you are you are a woman who loves her coffee. <laughs> I really do. So, so I just think I think Braden got it so right, and then I think Sternenberg just took it and 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 made it just even better. So yes, go get this book. It's fantastic, and it's the first in the series. So if you like it, there will be more. Yep. And actually, that was uh, near the top of my top 15 list for the year because I just loved it so much. Mm. <sighs> Big happy sigh just thinking about it. <laughs> okay, what's your last one? So my last book is also my last of the first person books. And it's Taste by Chris Bryant. And this is a student teacher romance that takes place at a culinary school. And what it's about is... 
Determined to fulfill her dream of becoming a chef and winning a coveted scholarship to study cooking in Italy, Kai Blake rushes in late to the first class of her final semester at Kirkwood Culinary Academy and is stopped in her tracks by Taryn Ellis, the school's newest instructor. A beautiful and accomplished chef, Taryn has walked away from her promising career in the city's top restaurant to devote her life to her five-year-old daughter. Kai and Taryn try their best to resist the urge to give in to the undeniable chemistry between them. And when at last they begin a passionate affair that must be kept a secret, they are each convinced it's only a short-term fling. It's up to both Kai and Taryn to decide whether they have found something genuine or whether the taste of romance they've had is truly enough. So this book has like a whole bunch of things that I love in it. I love food. There's a lot about food in this book. <laughs> There's an age gap romance. Uh, it's a teacher-student relationship. Although I think it's worth mentioning that Kai is not, she's not like 18 or anything like that. Like she's an older student, but there there is still an age gap there. And it's just a super gentle and easy to read story, which is nice. Especially if you're having like a bad day or a bad week, this book is like a warm hug and the audiobook is like an even warmer hug because the narrator just does this perfect job of being Kai. Like I really, I loved it. The only thing I didn't know was if she did a good job on Taryn's South African accent because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know South African accents that well. I know you I, I and haven't... I know Tamara. I haven't heard it, so I can't even comment. But it's just, it's lovely. It's a lovely book. It's really sweet. It's not, like, there's very little angst. Um, And as much as I do love books that have angst, because you just heard me talk about it with the last book, it is also really nice every once in a while to pick up that romance that's just going to be a really good, lovely, sweet, comfort read. And this is a great one. And I totally recommend the audiobook. I like mixing it up, so I'm I'm happy with angst or no angst, but you have to give me a story that's going to keep me captivated, and what I loved about, and, and you say there's a lot of angst in the Seven Shores romance, well, there is, to a point, but I wouldn't call it an angsty book, honestly, because it's, it's sweet angst almost, like, so yes, there's the drama around, you know, the career and all that sort of stuff, but I don't know, it just didn't register for me as that angsty for whatever reason i mean it was sweet more than it's like so i don't know i, I think well it's... it is also part of the romance thing right like yeah. most of the time in romances they break up and then they get back together <laughs> like it's and i don't feel like it's a spoiler to say that because it happens in so many romances that's part of it right the conflict is either outside of the relationship mm. or it's within the relationship most of the time it's within the relationship because if you're going to do it outside of the relationship, you have to do a damn good job of making sure that the conflict is enough to make it compelling. Yeah. That you're not ripping these characters apart. And that's where a good author comes in. Actually, whatever the conflict is and however the level of angst is in the story, it really is about how talented the author is as to whether or not the story is captivating. Because honestly, I mean, if you look on the surface of some of the, the books we talk about, I mean, Jericho, okay, so there's a dude who, you know, is anti-LGBT and, and foreigners. And that's, you know, okay. And then? Yeah. Yeah, what are the actual, what are the actual stakes? But because Anne McMahon writes it, you, you know, 
you're going to get, you know, a well-plotted out, developed story that actually makes you understand what's at stake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so my final book is Seasons Meetings by Amy Dunn. Now, I read and reviewed this book as an ebook back in the day. This is one of the very few bo- books that I actually listened to as audio and <gasps> loved even more. <gasps> <laughs> and the audio enhanced this book for me because it was a very sweet book. But the audio, Nicola Victoria Vincent, oh. took this book and made it spectacular. So it went from a very sweet Christmas romance to quite a spectacular audiobook. And it's just stunning. She really enhanced the, the whole thing for me. So, I absolutely had to put it on. Because I was just like, I was blown away. This is the only audiobook I've ever managed to listen to after I've read the book. And I loved it more than I loved the book. Alright. I'm impressed. Go on. Oh yes, I, I need to tell you the story here. <laughs> Could the festive road trip from hell actually lead to love? Catherine Birch is a lonely workaholic who hates Christmas. Oh, so I love that that sort of trope as well. Oh, yeah. This year, she's being forced to celebrate with her best friend's family in the highlands of Scotland. Having missed her flight, Catherine reluctantly ventures on a road trip with the beautiful stranger, Holly Daniels. So Holly, in her beat-up, terrible little car, is going to take <laughs> them through the snowy roads up to to Scotland. Although polar opposites, the intense attraction between them is unmistakable. Just as Catherine begins to think spending Christmas with Holly might not be so bad, a raging snowstorm leaves them stranded in the middle of nowhere. Huddled together with little chance of rescue, they forge a pact. If they escape, they'll make this a Christmas to remember. But will it be remembered for the right reasons? Okay, so that last couple of sentences actually is rubbish. They do get stuck. <laughs> they do get stuck in a snowstorm, and then they get rescued. And the car is buggered, and they have to spend Christmas in this lodge that's like a honeymoon suite, and it's the only place in town that they can stay. And the couple who was booked in there cancelled, so they're stuck in this little town, and it's all romantic. And there's this adorable dog which kind of adopts them, and oh, it's just it's yummy. And that's what the story is about. That sounds pretty lovely. It is. I think the fact that Nicola Victoria Vincent made it onto this list twice mm-hmm. just says something. Hey? Mm, she's so good. Oh. She is. And but having said that, I do would I would audiobook producers, can you find like some other British people to narrate stuff? Because I love her, mm-hmm. but like I don't want her to be the only British narrator on earth. Mm-hmm. Well, my audio wish list includes Poppy Jenkins, which means we have, right? So there has to be somebody British, but they have to get the Welsh accent right. Well, yes, but so that I can also understand it. Well. Because the Welsh, I mean, it can be a heavy accent. If I could have my choice, and it could be anybody, I would choose Joanna Page, who was Stacy in Gavin and Stacy. And she is adorable. Have you ever seen it? I haven't. So it's this British sitcom about um, there's a man in England and a woman in Wales, which again would be better if it were lesbians, but it's not. So 
It's still, but it's still good. It's really, really good. And they, one of them is a vendor for the other one for work or something like that. So they talk on the phone all the time and they end up kind of falling for each other over the phone and then they meet up and they really fall for each other. And so it's this like clash of Welsh culture and English culture. And it's really cute. It's, um, I think it's kind of what made James Corden famous because he was a writer on it and he was also one of the supporting actors. And she is so cute and she's Welsh. And I think she would just be the perfect poppy. Is James Corden the dude that does the singing in uh, in the car with people? Yes. Okay. That's right, yeah. I agree with you about Poppy Jenkins. I don't know this chick, so I can't comment on that. But, oh man, Poppy Jenkins. Hey, Doggy Audio, right? Hook up with Claire Ashton. <laughs> make this happen, people. And please make the Welsh accent good. Please and thank you. But having said that, have you heard Ashton narrate... Her book, she did a reading for me for, for book clips. No. Was it good? Oh, it was so good. All right. I'm going to have to go find it. So you it. have to go listen to that. So I'll add the link in the show notes for listeners who are interested. Go listen to that because it was really good. It's one of my favorite book clips. All right. Tara, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Audiobooks are fun and we will continue to review them at the Lesbian Review. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on... Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Podbean. And like this podcast if you, you know, on whatever you can like it on. And don't forget to share it because sharing the love makes us feel so happy. And email me on podcast at thelesbiantalkshow.com. Come join us on the Facebook group, The Lesbian Talk Show Podcast. No, The Lesbian. Oh, what did I say? The Lesbian Talk Talks Show Chat Group. Thank you. Yes, it's that. So go come join us on that. And you can email Tara on Tara at thelesbianreview.com and do send her an email because she likes it when you send her emails and she feels very sad when do. you don't. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and if you feel so inclined to support the show, check the show notes. There's a link to a Patreon. Um, even just a little bit would go a long way to hope for, to help for hosting for this podcast and all the other great podcasts on the Lesbian Talk Show. Ooh, well said. I think you should just do that for all the podcasts, Tara. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cut it and send it around. (laughs) All right. That's all for now. Thanks, folks. Bye. Bye. And it also... There's a crying child. (laughs) There's always a crying child. (laughs) Well, that's because you have two of them. I know, right? What were they thinking? (laughs) Luckily, they're cute. Anyway.